Welcome to Gratitude Space Radio. I'm your host, Chris Palmore, founder of GratitudeSpace.com. My sincere thanks for listening, subscribing, and rating this podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to Gratitude Space Radio. How are you doing today, Dr. Beth? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm I'm so glad we could do this. I, I feel like this is definitely one of the longest uh, the uh, the longest waiting uh, interviews. So um, I appreciate you know I was share for everybody. You know we connected last year and then things get kind of busy and uh, and you know emails got jumbled and um, here I guess a couple of weeks ago you you wrote me back and was like, would you like to do this? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And here we are. I'm so grateful for that opportunity. It's terrific. Yeah, thanks. I um, you know I. I thought if you would like to start, you know, just uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Uh, that'd be a great place to begin. Sure, absolutely. So I'm Beth Frades, and I am a physician. I work primarily in lifestyle medicine now. And you may be wondering, what is lifestyle medicine? It's a burgeoning area of medicine that uses prescriptions in exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress resiliency, social connection, and substance use elimination or moderation, depending on what's needed. And we write these prescriptions for health, well-being, and thriving. Turns out these prescriptions can also treat many chronic conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, and even issues with weight can be helped with this type of medicine, lifestyle medicine. I myself got into the this area and even medicine actually becoming a physician because my dad had a heart attack and stroke. Mm. So a lot of my work in the past years since, oh, 1987 or something has been around figuring out how we can live and thrive and avoid, prevent health setbacks like I experienced with my dad. That's beautiful. I, I love um, prevention. You know, I, I guess you know. Obviously, I don't. I don't have a doctorate, but you know, I I try to prescribe. I prescribe gratitude as a daily practice to everyone. You know, for what I do. So um, obviously, again, I don't have a PhD, but um, you know, it's a you know a healthy healthy lifestyle. I I partake in gratitude every day, and I I assist others in hoping to create a space that allows people to be grateful. Um, so. I completely feel you. I think the prevention, you know, obviously, um, like you're saying, these things you can do besides taking medicine or going to a doctor obviously um, have a huge effect on your well-being, how you're feeling. Uh, and obviously, you you studied all this. You understand the full mechanics of it where I'm just a very light, you know, I'm a top surface type guy. I don't have the the background, but I, we def- I definitely agree that uh, prevention and, uh, you know, for somebody that wants to... Um, you know, just kind of look at um, how do you, you know, for example, you know, if you're walking around and you're just seeing the negativity all around you and you're seeing the bad, you're only looking at the ugly, like what, you know, that's where I go, well, you know, what can you be grateful for? It's just, it's just a misdirection of thought, right? I'm trying to take somebody out of a negative space and put them in a positive space. And like you said, that could be, you know, you do that in many different ways. Um, there's different ways to do that. My tool obviously is gratitude, but um you know, ex- like I said, somebody take, taking a walk or going for exercise or just, um, well, you know, with your, 
Actually, I know I'm just kind of ram. I feel like I'm kind of going. I wanted to, I wanted to step back and just say real quick. I wanted to before I moved on. I wanted to go. I wanted to thank our friend Sean Anderson for connecting yeah. us. Um, I, I like to step in and go. You know, I like to um, express gratitude for the connect. Uh, for I'm obviously grateful we're here connecting, but I like to step back and go. How did this happen? And share a little gratitude. So you know, my uh, I have a you know doing two layers with me. I could go with my friend, my mentor Bobby Kuntz. Um, he just shared Sean Anderson with me. It was like, you should reach out to this guy. This guy would be a great person for you to interview. He definitely gets gratitude. And the next thing I know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm talking with Sean and then he did a, you know, he did a wonderful interview for my website. And then, and then I just, uh, he's just such a friendly guy. I think it was weeks later. I think I wrote and I just said, you know, do you know any people that might be interested in, you know, being interviewed? And he is like, sure. How many would you like me to, he was like, like, yes, you know, what, how many would you like to start with? And, um, he, uh, he started lifting some people and I said, well, that, that sounds, you know, give a group of four people and, and you were one of the people that was in that group. So that's how, you know, and he said some wonderfully beautiful words about you that I was trying to share with you last time we talked, you're like, no, I don't want to blush over it. But he, uh, he had some amazing, beautiful words to say about you. And, uh, what a great person to connect people. So that that's my experience. And then you told me that you met him through Twitter. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And I was going to say, there's some people who are just magnets for gratitude, right? Magnets for positivity. And I think Sean is one of those. And I did meet him on Twitter. Interestingly, I used to avoid social media for a long time. I, I, I wasn't on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram or anything. And then it was really April of 2017 where my department at Harvard in Spalding Rehab Hospital, where the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Harvard Medical School, they encouraged us to get on Twitter actually and to <laughs> share our work, our views, our research with the public and also create collaborations with colleagues throughout the country and even globally. And I must tell you, I was very hesitant and almost resistant in the beginning to enter this space of uh, social media, but I met people like Sean and now have opportunities like this with you. I've started collaborating with people at Oxford. I never would have Mm. met, of course they're in England and others in Greece. And uh, it has been a remarkable opportunity. And yes, people who are like Sean and they express a lot of gratitude on Twitter. I haven't met him off Twitter, but on Twitter, and I'm sure off in his case, they do become these magnets for others that prioritize and enjoy gratitude. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. And I, I remember talking with him and like even hearing him on another podcast and his things like, you know, his whole things, he wakes up and he's like, his intention is I'm going to help three people today, whatever wow. that is, you know, and I, and I, when, I, when I've got a chance to just chat with him for a half hour, 45 minutes, I like I know, for one thing, I'm very grateful because I'm like, this guy has got a world of knowledge. He's given me his attention. He's given me his focus. And, and, and he wants to be here. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it shows. Point. And I don't want to circle back to something you said for the people who are listening in today and perhaps to the recording later. You said something like, well, I don't have a PhD. Uh, And I would just want to express that there's wisdom, (laughs) deep wisdom in, in all of us. And I will tell you that 
the greatest teacher I had in the area of gratitude was in fact, my grandmother, my mm. grandmother who didn't even, didn't have a high school uh, education here in the U S she came from Basara, Greece when she was 18 and uh, immigrated here to East Boston and was with my grandfather. They had an arranged marriage and they mm. started a family and they started a restaurant, a Greek restaurant, and they did really, really well. And they worked really, really hard. And I grew up with this as, as my model, but more importantly, with my grandma Rose, constantly expressing gratitude. Mm. She was grateful. You would go and you, you, I would go to her home for holidays or just for visits. I was from New York, so you, you know, it would be a, it would be a, uh, a ride <laughs> and we'd get to grandma's house and she would constantly be happy and express her happiness. She would be grateful for things like, Elizabeth, the sun, it's shining, <laughs> it's shining. I mean, I can see mm. her right now in, in my mind. Of course, she's, she's passed away, but I can see her right now just expressing the gratitude for the sunshine. And she had a peach tree out in mm. her backyard that actually grew peaches. I don't know anybody else who could <laughs> grow peaches in East Boston, uh, but but she she grew these peaches and she was grateful for family. She was grateful for friends, for food, for opportunity. She was grateful for for uh, the joy of being able to walk to the store with me. She lived close to her grocery store mm -hmm. and I would go with her. And just that, that, that jaunt, that, that walk with her was joyful. She was grateful to see people that she knew at the store. And when we entered the store, the store uh, clerks would run over to her, Rosie, Rosie, what do you need today? And, oh, thank you for your help. And they'd help her find what she needed. And I remember being in awe of this woman, my grandma Rose, uh, who just exuded love, loving kindness and gratitude and really was a great teacher of gratitude. Again, I just bring this up because there's no PhD for her in gratitude. Right. It was just her being. It was her way. It was, it was Rose. Uh, and, and, and I think there are a lot of people like that who don't have formal education in psychology or in gratitude or like me in medicine. They don't, but they are remarkable teachers for us. And their wisdom is, is deep. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing your grandmother Rose. I loved, oh, I love that so much. Um, my my grandmother, I feel very similar to. She, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I never met my birth. I don't have a memory of my birth uh, grandparents, but my um, my mom's dad remarried, and and that became uh, my grandmother. And um, she's the only, you know, the only memory I have of grandmother. My grandmother is is that is is grandma, and um, and she actually passed away this last year, and she. I really, you know, with her, like I have wonderful memories of her just being loving and present and cooking and just family. And, but, you know, in the later years, my grandfather passed away. I have, you know, memories of us just spending time together, just the two of us, which wasn't 
the way it really was, you know, that didn't occur until after my grandfather passed away. You know, it was, I'm going to go visit grandma now. It's just me and her. And I just, uh, I just appreciated that she was so present with me. You know, I, I felt like, you know, she'd lived such a long life. She'd buried two husbands, had two different families. But yet when I was with her, like she was with me, you know, I felt that, that, that obvious presence you get with somebody who is really with you. They're not wanting to be somewhere else. They're not caught up. Um, was just such a beautiful thing that, um, that I strive for. And, um, and yeah, she, you know, she passed away this last year, but she taught me so much um, just in being present. And even I was sharing this morning with a friend, you know, when I started my gratitude practice five years ago, I had, uh, we did gratitude campaigns, letters for people. And um, we did a, a week for my grandmother and it was fantastic. So think about this, right? So you're talking about five years ago, I got people, cousins and people to write letters to her. And when I knew she was close to passing, because all the stuff with COVID was going on, you were not allowed to go to the homes or anything. You know, her daughter reached out to me and said, well, Chris, if you want to come see grandma, you can see her tomorrow. And I, um, I immediately was like, okay, I'm going to get these letters. I'm going to print them up in big typeface just so I can give them to her, maybe read one to her, you know, and I got all the stuff together. And the next morning I'm getting my shoes on and, um, my, 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 uh, my aunt, she texts me and she's like, Chris, you know, if you come today, you can only come for like five or 10 minutes. And I, and I took a moment. And I was like, I was like, that's okay. And I wrote her, I was like, that's okay. You know, cause I, I realized, you know, I don't need a lot of time. I was thinking, I just want to do this. And then, and then my aunt wrote me again and, um, she expressed that this now is not a good time. And I was obviously deflated. And, um, you know, I inquired about when I could go later and she wasn't sure. And, and my, my grandmother passed away that night and it was, um, it was really sad that I, obviously I didn't get to see her. That's more me, more me being selfish. It isn't like, you know, I, I knew I didn't need, it wasn't a necessity. We, we loved each other. I didn't, it wasn't like the last words, but you know, I had this, had, I was thought, well, that really stinks. You know, I had this, I had this thing in my mind, but my sister, you know, then my sister allowed me to appreciate this situation where she said, she said, you know, you and grandmother loved each other. You know, you didn't need to see her on death's bed. You didn't need that. Right. She's like, you have a memory of her the way she was and you didn't need to see that. I, I, I completely agree with her. I didn't need that. And I was even talking this morning thinking I didn't need to see my mom in the hospice bed after she passed away. I didn't need to see that. I totally didn't need to see that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was even refraining this morning going, well, I'm really grateful in this situation, even though I was so gun hole to get there that I didn't get there, you know? Um, and that was obviously my grandmother saying, don't have Chris come. You know, that was a direct, you know, that was directly from her. But Speaking to a gift she gave me specifically out of the situation, so I come back around to it, mm. is that day, like the cousin, you know, the grandchildren started posting things on Facebook, yeah. and I already had these letters, right? I had these letters, I already had the emails up. So, what I was doing, I was copying, I was pasting them in these posts. And what really clicked to me, which really amazed this, this experience, was when you do share gratitude, it's a really beautiful moment you create. And if you, again, if you can make it something tangible, like a letter, it becomes something that can cross time. But, and let, so in this situation, I know this is exactly what happened. I know it is my, say my, you know, my, my, uh, my, you know, one of the grandchildren, they maybe have a memory of writing this maybe, right. They don't remember what they wrote, but as soon as they read it, it was a whole new memory a whole new effect, a whole new moment to be grateful. Right. Like, uh, and that was, that's the power. And that's what made me go the, the power of like, when you create these, I call it gratitude art 
are these these gratitude moments that can be shared, you know, um, from anybody to anybody, you know, like it it has the potential to come back at you, create a whole new memory and allow that love to come back up, you know, and again, me reading those letters and I know putting those letters down, it it's 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 powerful. You know, that's to me, that's my own little, you know, my own little uh, my own little doc, you know, my my practices, if I can bring around these things that, you know, can I how can I in my life incorporate gratitude back in that I've already expressed or things that, you know, in the daily practice. So um, she taught me that. I think it's a powerful thing. And I'm, I'm always working back in my mind is, you know, I want to create the moment, right? I want to insist to create the moment, but I want the moment to land. And then now I'm in the back of my head, like, I want the moment to live forever. <laughs> I want to assist in that process, right? <laughs> so, That's beautiful. You know. The moment to live forever. Chris, that was all very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that with me today, with everyone listening. It brought up so many things for me, and I'm thinking for others that are with us in this space right now. May I share a couple of things that brought up for me right when you were speaking? Uh, One is an academic piece, which is that research is showing us that writing writing, the act of writing your gratitude. So dear mom or Mrs. Smith or to whomever you're writing, dear, I am so grateful for you and for what you have done and for your love. And while you're writing this, you actually get a great deal of benefit. Some some suggest that this may be increasing our serotonin levels. This may be increasing our dopamine levels, which are all feel-good neurotransmitters in the brain. And just that act of writing does that. Now, you may know the quote, you, you know, um, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like having a gift and not unwrapping it. Well, what's interesting is that Simply writing that out for yourself is a gift to yourself, the writing of it. Now, there's that other piece of it, which is the handing it to somebody else. And then that person getting to experience the joy of the other person's expression of gratitude. There's that piece of it, which is lovely when you do have that opportunity to share with another your own emotions around appreciation for what that person is to you, has done for you, means to you. That's a beautiful thing. But let us not forget that that the act of writing itself, the act of expressing that gratitude has many, many benefits. If we end up sharing it and we have the opportunity to share it live or not. The second thing I want to bring up is not academic, it's personal. And um I guess I started with my my great grandma Rose sharing her being, which was such a grateful being. And me, even as a small child, wanting to emulate that and be like Grandma Rose. Sometimes it takes a setback for us to really put things in focus and to start being or becoming that which we strive to be. So for me... That was my dad's heart attack and stroke, which I already mentioned to you. I put the world in a whole different perspective because none of us in my family 
up until that time had had any health setback. So that experience of seeing dad who was the pillar of strength um, one day and then in the hospital with IVs and nasal prongs and, and a lot of different tubes in my mind. I wasn't a physician. I was 18 years old and I just know he couldn't move one side of his body and that included his face, his arm, his leg. Mm. Couldn't speak, couldn't smile. And tubes in my mind, tubes everywhere, machines hooked up, beeping going on. And that moment on for him, for me, for my mom, for, for my family, it changed everything. And we became very grateful very grateful for every day that we were all together. We were all functional. We could walk, we could talk, we could smile. And for me, it changed my relationship with my dad. It changed my dad's entire life. I mean, he, he, he made a complete recovery. I just want to say, he also made a complete lifestyle change. So the personal story here is that I started feeling such gratitude for him every single year he was with me. So his birthday was in April. And I started that moment at age 18 to write a gratitude birthday card to him. Mm. And I did that every year. I said, I am so grateful that you are here with us for mm. another year that we were blessed with your presence. And in this year, you experienced graduation with me. You experienced uh, cross country. We actually drove cross country together, my parents and I, when I was like 23. Anyway, whatever happened that year, I, I, I sort of, I, I chronicled it in the, in the card. And, and I, I put emotion, not just what happened, but I, I remember writing things like, I was, that was a highlight for me because when we were laughing hysterically at the restaurant in Utah, um, I, I'll never forget it. And, and, and this continued on until he passed away in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed writing it. And I, 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 I didn't need research to tell me that I am expressing gratitude and experiencing and an increase in neurotransmitters that are feel-good neurotransmitters. I didn't really need the research. It's interesting that it's there now, pointing that way. But what I want to say is, so my dad did pass away, and my brother and I were cleaning up the house and also, by the way, looking for the will, which apparently we couldn't find anywhere. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, that's a different story. So we were looking all over for the will, and we were going through dad's closets and my brother suddenly says, Oh, what's this? And it was one of his file systems. He had a lot of different filing systems. And he said, this is, wait, what is this? And, And then he said, these are, wait, these are all cards. These are cards. Wait, they're from you. And then I said, wait, let me see that. And I looked at his file cabinet, his file system. And he had every card since 1980, I think it was seven to 2012 lined up in order. In fact, he had the last one from 2012 in there at the top. And I had just written it in April and it was at that time, September. Now, when dad got these cards from me, he was always grateful thank you so much. Oh, I love this. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. And a big hug. And I never knew he was 
keeping them and filing them away. And mm. when I learned that, it, it, it was just a whole other kind of connection that I had with him and, and with gratitude, realizing that we don't always know the power of the card, the words, maybe when they're reviewed and reread and what kind of impact they may have on the person who's receiving them. Wow. That was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Um, Came from mm. your beautiful story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Um, nice. I, you know, I, when you were talking there, um, you know, the, the thing that I've, you know, I've learned because I have a, you know, my situation with my mom's, I wrote a, you know, I, I wrote a letter to her on my birthday four months before she passed away. So that's, so we're on different spectrums of this writing, you know, writing our parents. But um, what what I've learned and you just spoke volumes to it is, you know, gratitude stacks. It's stacking all the time, um, you know, just from I mean, from my store example, you know, my example is like I, if I sit, I sit down, I wrote a letter. Right. That was one stack. And then my mom read the letter. That was another stack. And then we were together and that was a separate stack. And then my dad read the letter because I put it on Facebook, you know, and my sister read the letter and people read the letter. These are all stacks, you know, stacks. I mean, technically, this moment is a stack of that letter. It's still stacking. The only reason that, you know, what I mean, straight up, you know, it, I wouldn't be had started my website, my mom, you know, if, that's, if I hadn't written that letter, I never would have started the web, web the web, website, website, I'm website, you know, which led me to here to the doors of the ear and da, 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 Sean Anderson to here we are, you know, like it literally is uh, stacking in this moment. And I love when you're talking about your dad, what I love so much is like you did from 18 on you, you were writing these letters and each one was stacking on top of the other one because it was something you were doing. And then, and then he passes away and you find all these and you have a whole new, like whole new memory of these. It just, he passed away, but now it just stacked again. And now you're sharing it too. So like, I, it's like, you know, um, I can't even imagine, I mean, imagine you give him these letters, you not knowing he has them. And then there they are. Like, like you found buried treasure where you weren't even looking for, like what Matt, that's just, that's magical. The finding that he, not only that he kept them, but there they are and you can read them. Right. Like, wow. I so know. beautiful. It really is. It was a remarkable experience. And I will say, just going from the other side now, when I teach or I work with individuals on behavior change and lifestyle medicine and somebody writes me a thank you note, I collect those. <laughs> I feel like my dad, I started collecting <laughs> before I found out that my dad was also a collector of these things. So I, I collect them in, in a box I have right on my, on my desk. And I do look at them mm. again. And of course, many students now are emailing. So I also have, you know, emails that I, I actually like to print out cause I'm back in that I'm still paper person. I know. I, uh, that it's not the best for the environment and for trees, but I will, I will look at those letters and I will feel so much warmth just from reading them over again. And they're inspirational. They help me to move on and move forward again and again each year with a new class. So receiving, that's one thing is I gave, right? To my right. But receiving these letters from students or, or clients, it's, it's really so powerful. Um, 
So I think hopefully people get both experiences where you're able to express it in a letter, right? Your own gratitude. Mm -hmm. Also, you're able to receive it in in a way. And in this, of course, could be verbal. This could be over the phone. This could, there were so many ways to express gratitude. I think the the, the written word, verbal word, um, that's all powerful. I mean, some people even write poems for others or or, or songs for others, and and these can be uh, just uh, life changing um, because you you say, oh, that person sees me in this light and appreciates these strengths that I, that I have. And it helps, it helps you move forward. It's yeah. It, you know, I, this last year I've been thinking a lot about, you know, how, cause all I want to do is be a catalyst for gratitude. Um, and honestly, just being kind to someone, you know, is being a catalyst for gratitude, showing up on time or letting people, you know, let you know they exist or just being quiet. Um, you know, obviously there's, the more straightforward you can have conversations about gratitude. If you want to cut to the chase, I mean, or just giving somebody a sandwich or anything. It's like, but the, the cool thing is, it's like when you become a catalyst for gratitude, you're allowing people to, to be in the space with it where they can experience it. And that's, that's its own way. And then obviously, like you said, receiving and giving, that's my way, you know, my way of being, my way of being grateful for somebody is showing up for them or being kind and listening to them, um, creating that space. Um, but the, I think, you know, obviously I, I was talking to some this morning. It's like, you know, I, I love the fact that you, you know, you're keeping these letters people are giving you again, like um, keeping a journal, graduate journal is really great. And that's like your own thoughts, which is great. But the more, if you could keep letters that you wrote to people and letters that you've received, that's like, you know, that's such a step up because it's, you're creating moments with people. You can't alone, these things can't exist. You know, it takes this other person, it takes an experience in a moment. I, and I love, I love, so I already thought about that. So it's like, it's not a gratitude journal. It's like a gratitude. I don't know what you'd call that, but it's like, a, it's like your gratitude scrapbook. It's like a gratitude scrapbook. Um, or something like that. That way we got to be able to go begin and receive, but wouldn't, I mean, how much more powerful is if you could keep, we see these things come in, they could be little anythings and we put them somewhere we can find them, right? Cause that's the most important thing is somewhere we can see them. And I, and I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with printing it out, Beth. I think, <laughs> I think if a use of paper is printing out a letter, it's going to remind you of something good. Then I think that's uh that's better than 99% of the things that are being printed on paper. Right. Right. And as you were speaking, I was also now struck with a different thought, which is sometimes the gratitude is, is simply expressed verbally in the moment. And taking these opportunities to do that can also be so, so powerful and memorable. So I was thinking about a time when I was teaching at the medical school, and I, I can see this now, I can see this whole image happening like it was yesterday, it was many, many years ago. It must have been now at least 15 years ago now, what I'm going to share with you. But this expression of gratitude that I received, I can feel it even today. And it wasn't written down. And how is it staying in my memory? Sometimes something sparks it, like this conversation with you, and this memory replays. So I'm replaying it. And, the, the, you know, there's the hippocampus, the area in the brain that's really involved with consolidating memories. And, and I'm replaying it. So I'm now consolidating it yet again. 
and then verbally sharing it with you, which is a time when I was teaching and, you know, medical school can be very intense and the students are under a lot of pressure at times. And at this particular time, when I was teaching, I was, had a small group of eight students for about eight weeks and we were going over cases and I got to know them fairly well. And this one student was changing. I'm not a psychiatrist, um, but she, her behavior was changing. It was our last class. Everybody was stressed. The exam was coming up. She was leaving, coming back in the middle of the class. Uh, looks to me teary, but not not actually crying. But I, if you look closely, you think that maybe she was tearing and maybe she's a little red, but you don't want to look too much. You don't want to call attention because she's obviously trying to manage something and we're in the middle of class. And something struck me that class, I guess, because of what was going on. And I just said to her, call her Michelle. That's not her name. But anyway, call her Michelle. Michelle, do you mind staying a little bit after? Do you have time? And, uh, and she said yes. And we dug into what was going on. And she was very sad. Uh, actually, considering taking her own life. Mm. And we got to that point in our conversation and, and got her help immediately, brought her to the, the health services. Now that is a tough part of the story. The good part of the story is that she took time off. She got help. She figured things out. And I, you know, I teach a lot of different students. I, I, I did lose track of, of her. I knew that she went and got help and, and, and was grateful about that. I would think about her uh, occasionally. And then a, a year or two later, I was going in to teach the same course, new students. And mm -hmm. um, teaching can be very demanding, right? It can, because it's not only that you're teaching the material, but you do get involved in, in, the, in the students' lives. Um, and well, obviously, and specifically in that one, but that happens at different levels with pretty much every student. Um, so I was tired and I had kids and I was writing a book and I was saying, what am I doing with this teaching again for eight weeks coming in and doing this teaching again? And I was walking up the stairs feeling really like, I don't know if I can do this, you know, mm. much, much longer. I've got a lot of other things that I, that I'm doing. And I just don't know that I can spend this time with these students and do this teaching uh, much. This might be, you know, my last go of this. And I'm, I remember I'm walking up the stairs and then I'm showing my ID because you need your ID to get in. I'm showing my ID. And suddenly this person comes from behind Dr. Frades, like literally lifts me up. She, she was bigger. <laughs> I'm not that big. Um, like lifts me up, gives me this huge bear hug and says, thank you. Thank you so much. That conversation we had at the end of that class, I got help. I'm all better. I, I, I figured things out. I cannot thank you enough for keeping me after class, listening to my story and leading me to help. And I, I, how we bumped into each other. It's a big school. How yeah. we bumped into each other that day at that time when I was just thinking to myself, can I do this? Right, right. And, and that, that expression of gratitude was something to me 
that I, I, I will never, ever forget. I will never forget that moment. I'll never forget that hug. I will never forget that day, that time in my life. And so I'm grateful that this particular student thrived and, and got better and also took that opportunity to just throw out her gratitude in, in, in every form she was comfortable doing. Mm. So even though we don't have that written down anywhere, that's not, oh. <laughs> you know, that's not a card, right? But it's definitely got a place in my heart. It's got a place right. in my hippocampus, in my brain. And I just don't think I'll ever, ever forget it. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. I oh, that's so beautiful. I I love how it's just. I I was get you know to say you were being a catalyst for gratitude. You were being present, and you noticed this person because you were being present, and you weren't everywhere else in your mind as we can be. You you noticed you just noticed something was off because you're who you are, and um, and then you gave the attention. You gave this moment attention. You know, let you know focus. And wow, that's a. Uh, and then there she is showing up at this time. You're feeling down, you know, this magnet to feel like right at that moment where you're like, what am I doing here? And like, oh, here, this is why I'm here. I'll give you a reminder right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't, you can't explain how those things happen. I do want to circle back to that really important point you made, which is about being present. When we're present, we can let our inner wisdom and true beauty out and we can share it with the world, but it's really hard to do when you're not fully there and fully present. And I think this mindfulness training really goes so well with gratitude. I've taken different mindfulness trainings, you know, now over the years, mindfulness-based stress reduction, Herb Benson's relaxation response, meditation, a lot of different ways to be present and in the moment. And I, I think that in itself is a gift to learn how to put everything away and just be where you are in that moment and be open to whatever that moment is going to bring you. Yeah, it's. Um, I've got a. There's a. Uh, I'm going to have on a podcast later this month. Uh, Hector Garcia who wrote a book called Itchy Go Itchy, and um, it's basically that's. It's a. They. It's about the Japanese tea ceremony, and they say that in that in that phrase before they start, just to remind themselves that this this is special. This will never happen again. And it's that idea of. It's just a. It's a custom they have to bring themselves to the present moment. And the book. Oh, the book is spectacular. So I'm so. So excited to have him on, but I just love, uh, you know, it's that idea, like what, what intentionally can we do so that we can be here? <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what can you do to be here? You know, my mindset's like, okay, the future hasn't happened. It's an idea, right? When it occurs, it's not the future. You know, I don't want to be bogged down the, by the past. Uh, I, you know, this is where the magic is. So if like, if you can state, we can just make a statement that allows the other person to know this is special, you know, and I do know every moment, every moment technically will never happen again. And that's why it's unique, right? That's why it's special. Um, so any more reminders to bring us to the present moment. That's why I love, I really love these conversations like I'm having with you because, you know, if we were at a coffee shop talking, there would be a million and one things going on. It would never be this focused. You know what I mean? Like we can actually really be, I feel like this is, this allows two people to really be present. <laughs> right. up, you know um 
So, you know, I'm completely with you. And, you know, I was thinking to spring off your story about your student. Remind me of another really great, another gratitude story. When I started building my first website after I had this, you know, this, my question was, how can I get initiate people to have this experience? You know, I started going to Starbucks like six, you know, you know how there's like 20 Starbucks. I, I chose one of them. And I started going there every 6 a.m. every morning, working on my website, talking to people about my experience, sharing my, my story with my mother. That was actually my first gratitude practice was, was building this website and thinking, and how can I initiate people? And a lot of magic occurred out of that. There's a lot I could dig into people I met and where that went. Uh, but th what I'm going to say in this moment was, again, uh, so I chose a Starbucks. It was like 20 miles from where I was living. So I didn't choose, at the, you know what I mean? I, I made a choice, this one I went to. So I'm just saying this specific, this specific one. And um, one morning um, I'm sitting there because I sat at the big table, you know, at six in the morning. So people would come and go and there's a guy sitting at the table and I don't know who he is. And, I said hi to him and, you know, we started chatting and, you know, I think I must have asked him what he did. And he said that he was a cancer doctor. And I um, and I I believe I pivoted. to I I can't remember exactly how who asked the next question, but I came to the realization that this was my mom's cancer doctor. This was Dr. Williams. I, it had been a year, almost a year later. And I was sitting. Yeah, it was almost a year later. It was probably like nine months later after she passed away. And I and I didn't know it was him when I sat down, but then, like I said again, there he was, and um, it was just he's like, oh, I knew who you were. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't know, and you know, we we had this beautiful conversation, and in and, and that's, so from that, so a couple of cool things here. Um, one of the and I wrote I wrote about this in my book, but one of the most amazing, you know, when my mom was in their last couple of weeks or last month of her life, I. I said, obviously, there were there were bad experiences, but there were really good experiences. And one of the one of the best experiences and memories I have of this traumatic moments was um, the day that um, that they were going to tell my mom that medically they couldn't do anything more. Dr. Williams sat down with us there in the hospital room with me and my dad, my sister, and my brother-in-law. And he this is what he said. He said, um, he looked at my mom and he, after he said they just mentally can't do anything, his whole thing was he wasn't God. So he wasn't going to, he would never give anybody a timetable, which I thought was beautiful. But he said this, he said, he said, you're not dead yet. He said to quote Monty Python, who she doesn't know who my Python, you're not dead yet. And we don't mourn the living. And it was so beautiful. It was such a, and it came from, you know, he was perfect because he cared about her. It was such a perfect thing to say, just to go, you know, be here now. Don't mourn this person. You know, it was so much said and so few words. Is like, we'll have all the. He didn't have to say we'll have all the time in the world or morning or later. You know what I mean? But that's what it meant. It's like, don't treat. You know, don't sit here and act like she's dead. You know, we don't mourn the living. This is the. You know, you're alive. We don't know what's going to happen. And and um, that was such a beautiful, beautiful moment in such a freaking ugly mess of moments, right? But it was such a beautiful moment. And one last thing I want to share about him. I knew my dad loved this man so much. And I talked to Dr. Williams. I said, look, I was like, I need to surprise my dad with you. I need to do this. So I actually set up. It was sometime a month or two later. I made a lie saying we were going to meet somebody else for dinner. And I set up where Dr. Williams walks in, sits down with us for an hour and a half. And, and magic. My dad, after we left, this is the conversation. He's like, wow, that was amazing. He's like, I think I've only been surprised three times in my life. And then we had a conversation about the other two. He's like, this is what a gift, right? And it's because of this man, Dr. Williams. So anyways, just. Yeah. 
those that's things, great. right? That's a great story. Yeah, he was, he's, man, I love that guy. And I got to surprise my dad again because I was writing the book. So I wrote to Dr. Williams. Dr. Williams did a short video for my dad's birthday, October 27th. And when I saw the video I had that day, I, I wrote him back and said, we're giving him an Apple TV. We have these other things, but you know what he's going to remember? He's going to remember this video you just showed for him. So talk about, anyways, this love, total love. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I think when you talk about gratitude, you're talking about love, right? I mean, that's a lot of the conversation and a lot of, oh, for sure. right. It comes from the heart. It comes from love. And I think actually big piece of this might be when you love yourself and you learn to love yourself, you're actually far more open to expressing gratitude and receiving gratitude. I think it's hard for people that aren't in the space of loving themselves to be open to this. Then again, gratitude can perhaps open the door for people to begin the journey of self-love and appreciation, right? First gratitude for self, right. where you've come from, the obstacles you've gotten beyond and your own strengths. Each of us has unique strengths. So starting by feeling gratitude for your own strengths and gifts and talents, and then starting to use those to make the world a better place in some way, because you're so grateful for what you have and what you've been given. And I think maybe it all really goes back to love and feeling love feeling love for yourself, feeling love for others. And I think feeling love for self can help feel love for others. And I think others loving you can help you love yourself. So the gratitude, I guess, kind of goes full circle in the space of love. I, I completely agree. And, you know, my, I was interviewing my friend Dino Sutter last year and I asked him, what does gratitude mean to you? To you? And he said, it means I am enough. He was, he was quoting uh, Renee Brown, I, yeah. I am enough. And I was like, yeah, there it is. Loving yourself. You know, gratitude is for, you know, it's, it, it should exactly start with you. You know, in, in my, in my book, I had a, a, my friend Medea wrote a letter to her, the, the gratitude essay she chose was a letter to herself. Wow. Not to forget to appreciate who she was, her strengths and her fault. And you know what I mean? And I um I I'm completely with you. I um I have this this practice I call gratitude cubed, where if you are in a grateful state and you love yourself, you have to love to be in a grateful state, you gotta love yourself. You can look back and say, whatever happened is okay. It's okay because I'm here. If I appreciate where I'm at, I have to take the good with the bad. Yeah. you know, and, and go, I love who I am. I'm grateful for where I am. It's all okay. It's all okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a, which is a tough, can be a tough thing to say, you know, sometimes, but when you get into a grateful state, it all kind of, I don't know, it's almost like putting on prescription glasses. Everything kind of comes clear and you're like, it's, oh, it's okay. I can see, I can see all, you know, obviously this was a dip, but I can see that this dip, you know, like we're saying with the letter of gratitude or, mm-hmm. you know, these dips, they lead you to where you are and who you are. You become who you are through these traumatic moments, you know. Um, right. right. And that almost leads us full circle to like my dad. And when I say right. oh, you need this health setback to really kind of sometimes get you 
in the moment and and get you to really appreciate what what life is has given you. So that was making me think about when you just um, shared. I was thinking about okay, so what what can people do now who are listening? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're on your podcast, so they're they've probably been practicing gratitude for a while, but. I'll share with you some of the things that I work with people who are new to gratitude journals and expressing gratitude. Often I ask them to think about the thing that they cherish most in this world right now. So they say, oh, I don't know. I'm not really grateful for anything. So that if you change it a little and you say, well, what do you cherish most in this world? And oftentimes they'll say something like, it's usually a being, right? A, a person, a an animal, something that they really feel a connection with. And then you can say, what is it about that being, that person that you admire or cherish so much? And then they can share that with you. And then you can say, so when you think about gratitude and you think about this person and you're cherishing them, when let's reframe it now. And if we say, so what are, what are you grateful for? Then they can often express it in this terminology of, of gratitude, but a lot of people, they're not familiar with it. And it can be such a fabulous tool personally, but also professionally, you know, there's research that shows that people at work, when they experience gratitude, when they express gratitude, they uh, actually are more productive. They have more high quality connections. So learning how to do this for ourselves and then sharing it with colleagues is so important. And it's a way for us to, like you said, stack the gratitude. And, And when I've been working now with physicians through COVID and trying to get through the tough times, we talked about gratitude a lot. And many of them now are starting their meetings, their, their department meetings, their division meetings with other physicians. And they're going to talk about problems, patients, et cetera. They're, they start with, what am I grateful for today? And that changes mm. the whole setting of the meeting because you're starting at a space of gratitude. So that's also something that people can do. I've done this with clients who are not physicians, but who are working for a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And what we've done there is at family dinners, you start the dinner with, what are you grateful for today? So these are some tips for people that maybe, as I say, are fairly new to expressing gratitude. Maybe for those of your listeners who are thinking about expanding it, into their family structure or into their lives professionally, this could be ways to do that. In fact, I also know an, a, a, a colleague, a, another physician who's working as the head of a division in a hospital. And what, what he's done is there's a whiteboard mm-hmm. outside the elevator and the uh, people can put on the whiteboard, it's a gratitude, a daily gratitude space. So you can put on nice. 
Yeah, you can put on the whiteboard what you're grateful for. You don't put your name. You just put the item for which you feel gratitude up or the person or the project, whatever it may be, or the sunshine, bringing it back mm-hmm. to, you know, Grandma Rose. You just you just put it up on the board. Um, and that that is a way of bringing gratitude into the workspace. I love that. You know, I, I've been talking with the hospital administrator in Savannah about incorporating gratitude into the hospital. And we were, uh, we're um, you know, she was talking about, we, I, I've created these things called gratitude stickies. So it's, it's, it's similar to what you're talking about, except you don't have to have a dry erase board. It's, yeah, what the great thing is, is it has like one, two, three on it. So you can write what you're grateful for or who you're grateful for. And then you can stick it in a common space where you have a wall of people sharing what they're grateful for. Um, and it's part of a daily practice. So if somebody was getting into gratitude, they could take, you know, the great thing is they could take, you know, 28 of these and they could do it for 28 days. And when you're done, you've got this wall of stuff you can actually walk up to, to remind yourself, right? <laughs> Again, yeah. like the reminder to go, oh, there's, so, you know, it becomes its own like gratitude artwork on the wall. But um, I love this. I love the common making gratitude, like a common space somewhere in an office. I mean, for, so, for example, these stickies, she's even going to use these for the intensified, the people that do five to 10 days where they actually have to be in the hospital. So when they're doing these morning meetings, the, the staff's going to hand them each a sticky and it'll be their desire or not they want to write on it. But when they do, they can stick it in this common area. And then again, like you're building the cool thing about that is you're building this wall. Right. And what happens is when somebody walks in, it creates the space. Right. <laughs> just, just the physicality of it creates the space. It's, 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 it's almost, you know, it's almost like what a, you know, it's, it's, power, it's powerful imagery, you know? Um, right. I think anybody can incorporate that with dry, like I love dry erase boards, a great idea, chalkboard or even sticky cards on the wall. Yeah. I like the sticky notes a lot. And, and of course in the area of, uh, well, in the time of COVID, if you're using the dry erase, you want to have the dryer uh, yeah. that have already been used and they go in a jar and then the fresh dry erase and then you, you need to go through the process of cleaning those. You don't want to necessarily share, be right. sharing um, that right now, but the sticky notes you could do um, quite easily. Um, again, with a fresh pen and all that, I'm just trying to be aware. Right. Of um, course. Yeah. Uh, Safety of, first. <laughs> of everything. Um, so, but I, I, I really, like the sticky note idea and that you can almost plaster an entire wall with that and you can just keep on going. That's a really nice idea. I'm glad you shared that. Oh, you're welcome. I want to start getting the pictures. I mean, I've already got the gratitude stickies developed that we're deciding on the colors for them. And as soon as they guys start putting, I start using it, I'm going to get images of it. So I'm really excited when that time comes, I'll definitely definitely share it with you. I'm trying, I'm trying to build, you know, build out ideas that can go, can travel and go anywhere. But that I'll tell you what's really cool about that idea actually came from, I had a, a guest on the podcast and they, I asked him some of their, like, what do you do daily? And he said that when he wrote down what he was grateful for, he would do it on a three by five card and he put it in his pocket so that he could walk around with it all day. And I was like, wow, I was like, isn't that a great idea? So therefore it's in your pocket, you know, then that's what that idea thought. I was thinking, well, if you can write down something, and then how can we put it somewhere? You're just going to see it. And it was like, okay, a sti- I think a sticky card will work great for that. So we'll see, we'll yeah. see how it goes. <laughs> I like that a lot. That sounds terrific. And I look forward to hearing about the updates and seeing the photographs, like you said. 
Yeah, I'm really, thank you. Um, well, I know we didn't get to, I didn't get to, I, you did a great job of answering a bunch of the questions I didn't ask, even though we had that list of questions. Uh, right, yeah, it's all, it, it, it all came out, hopefully. hopefully. Oh, no, it was great. I didn't know, you know, I, do you, I only, we only, I only got a couple more minutes here. I didn't know if you'd like to speak a little to your, uh, to the book, The Lifestyle Medicine Handbook. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Or I'm sure. So I don't get any proceeds from this book. All the proceeds go to the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And the book itself is about those uh, pillars of lifestyle medicine I mentioned originally, exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress resiliency, social connection, and then substance use, moderation or elimination. Those are our six pillars in lifestyle medicine. And the book goes through some live and learns. So uh, examples of where I was counseling patients in these areas. And mm -hmm. what was effective, what was less effective. It also has all the data, all the research, all the different studies that have been done that show that exercise is just like medicine. That, And in fact, there's a gratitude uh, space. There's a chapter called Positively Positive, And I review a lot of the gratitude research in that chapter. And it's available on Amazon. It's called the uh, Lifestyle Medicine Handbook, Beth Frady's and uh, John Bonnet, Rich Joseph, and Jim Peterson and I are the co-authors. If you just Googled Lifestyle Medicine Handbook and Beth Frates, F-R-A-T-E-S, you it would pop right up and you could get it also in an ebook version as well as a hard copy. And hopefully it will help you to lead a healthy life, to adopt and also sustain healthy habits for a lifetime. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I'll make sure I put a link in the show notes for that. And if people want to reach out to you, is the best place your website? Yep. The website or Twitter. That's the social media okay. platform I use mostly. It's at Beth Frady's MD. Okay. Well, I'll make sure I put those in the, uh, in, in the show notes and thanks for, thanks for sharing a little more about your book. I'll have to, I definitely want to read those. I'm excited to read about the gratitude studies that you looked at and it sounds. It sounds like that to be a really great. Uh, Ethan Smith. I was talking to this morning. He's working on a, on our thesis around gratitude. I'm sure that's something that, being you've done all the work, for <laughs> compiling. It sounds. I'm sure it's fantastic. Well, hopefully it will be useful. That's the idea. If it's useful, I'm happy. I'm grateful. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, you're you're sharing good stuff. So I mean, it's like somebody's. You know, I, I'm sure it's useful. I mean, okay. you're uh, explaining. Uh, you know. I don't know exactly what you went through, but if people have done studies, I think that uh, some people need need to look at the scientific stuff, you know, that's that, to bend their mind around, oh, okay, this is something I can, you know, this is something I can look into. So I, I think it's a, it's a powerful tool. So I'm sure, I'm sure it's beneficial. <laughs> don't want to play it down. <laughs> well, yeah. So actually, if you do happen to get it and you have feedback, I'd love to receive the feedback. And thank you very, very much, Chris, for having me on your show today. And I hope that people who are listening are able to take away some new nuggets around gratitude. Oh, thank you, Dr. Beth. I had a wonderful time. You have, thank you for your time and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. <laughs> thank you. So I'm Chris with Dr. Beth to say and uh, Beth to say and uh, to stay grateful. <laughs> All right. This is an open call to anyone that has a gratitude story or practice that they'd like to share. Just email me at the address hello at gratitudespace.com. That link will be in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us. You can look at this as a way of showing me a little gratitude. 
just a friendly suggestion. Thank you for tuning in to Gratitude Space Radio, and we're out. <laughs>